Welcome back to the second episode of Teasers. I'm Keith Badger, and this episode I brought with me Colossal. I'm Ethan Miller, and this episode I brought with me Dean. And I'm Corey Sickles, and in this episode I brought with me Kong. King Kong. I don't know. What's the Kong? <laughs> it's like Kong Skull Kong, Kong, Skull Kong Island. Kong Skull Island. All right. Yeah, and uh, together for this episode, we also decided on doing the trailer for Mass Effect Andromeda. So basically what we do on the show is we go out, we find the most recent trailers for uh, movies that are coming out in the next couple of months. We watch them, talk about them, review them, uh, occasional goose, maybe an occasional rant here or there. Uh, I'm mostly guilty of that. (laughs) Yeah. But for the most part, we're just here to talk about what makes movie trailers good, what makes them bad, uh, what makes us want to see movies, what doesn't make us want to see movies, and all that fun jazz in between. So, Ethan, you're first up. And we're, yeah, we're going to watch uh, Dean. But in my end, it's my I don't quite know who I am since my wife. It's my beginning. Wherever you are, I need you to come back. To where? Whatever's going on with you and your dad, the answer's not a woman. It's you. Okay, so essentially I brought this to the table because I thought it was just kind of... Uh, I, I feel like last last time we were a little bit... Like, action film Hollywood, heavy? Action movie, kind of big Hollywood film centric. Mm-hmm. And so like um, this is the time of year that a lot of these kind of smaller indie films that were doing really well at South by Southwest and Sundance that did really well are then hitting like major release, major studio releases. Yeah, that's kind of an important thing to bring up is technically this movie came out in 2016. But it, it only hit the festival circuit. But so but it only really hit the festival circuit. So it hasn't had its full release yet, which is this year. Mm-hmm. It seems like your pretty standard kind of indie darling, um, to steal Keith's terminology, kind of uh, like a, a weird coming of age story, coming to terms with being, like getting older, uh, like forging a relationship with your father, romantic kind of storyline. Getting over grief. Right. Yeah. It seems like it's very centric about like their grieving process and how it doesn't quite meld. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of like right off the bat was my original reaction was just like, wow, this is indie as fuck. Because like, it really is. Down to, like, like the right soundtrack. off the bat, like the very stripped down acoustic with the weird vocal humming in the beginning, like mm-hmm. just incredibly indie right when it jumps off, which works for a Dimitri Martin flick. Right. That's who he is as like kind of a person. And I actually was... Not too terribly long ago, it was just like, man, Dimitri D- Martin hasn't done anything for a while. I wonder what he's up to. And yeah, I mean, the last movie. thing I knew he was uh, involved in was uh, In a World, the movie about voiceover. Right, and then I knew he had a stand-up special that dropped last summer, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Live at the time. <laughs> right. I have no idea who he is. He's he, a stand-up comic. Yeah, he's know. a stand-up comic, and he had a, uh, a fairly short-lived Comedy Central series called Important Things with Dimitri Martin, where he took words, concepts, and de- dedicated an entire episode of just, like, sketches and, like, comedy bits around uh, this specific word. For whatever odd reason, okay. I feel like this stand-up comedian, I know, like, a lot of times we make a lot of suggestions to Corey. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think... Dimitri Martin will be his type. Yeah, I, I, Dimitri Martin is a, a specific flavor. Like you, you have to mm-hmm. have just a kind of specific flavor for his type of humor because it's it's incredibly dry. 
and, and incredibly. It's also, I guess there's a lot of wordplay and puns. There's a lot Corey of wordplay and puns, which is a lot of my favorite stuff. And he does some like music, and he does a lot of artistic jokes, like art, actual like visual art. Okay. Even that first uh, opening shot when he's drawing that picture, and it's a giant A, and then an arrow that says an actual a hole. <laughs> Yes. Like, that is through and through his stand-up. Like, that is That's so his stand-up. Exactly. And I'm wondering if this story is not is not based off of kind of his life right now. I wonder if his mom did recently die. And I, That's a thing I would like to look into. I, I did say that I did like the intercut of the drawings. I thought that yeah. was a really interesting touch. Like, I'm, relating these very simplistic drawings to situations throughout the trailer. I thought that was a nice little editing touch. Like, they could have done it without. I wonder if they will do that throughout the movie, or if that will just be a, a, a thing to kind of condense the trailer. I, I have a feeling that it will be, because in the trailer it specifically brings up his mom saying to him, like, about the drawings. Right. So, like, I feel like bringing that up in the trailer, like, bringing that up in the movie, I feel like it's going to be a part of it. Because, like, cause like, there's shots of him sitting down drawing throughout it. Right. So I, I wonder if part of the character's story is that he is some kind of cartoonist or something of that nature. Uh, maybe a, a a book author. I'm curious. Right. It doesn't say in the movie what he's doing, but it does kind of make it obvious that like he has some free time because he could just pick up and fucking head to L.A. for a while. Like I wonder how far, at, as far as having free time and that kind of stuff is concerned, I'm wondering how quickly after his mom's death this is all set. That's true. I, I like the fact that it seems like it's more about the father and son's relationship than like a romantic comedy. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like It definitely has those elements of the romantic comedy. Both the father and son seem to be trying to find themselves, and in doing so, find someone new to connect with. Right. But it, it does seem like the the overarching story is going to focus on the father son connection, which I, I recently talked about. How those are some of my favorite stories. It's it's really interesting seeing how people relate on a whole. But when it comes to stories about family, it's such an interesting dynamic because you've got these people that you're stuck with no matter what. Like, you are related. No matter how much you might dislike each other or somebody might say something that just irritates the fuck out of you, through anything, you are still related. You're still family. So there's still the sense that, like, I have to keep these people in my life no matter how much they might irritate me or how much I might not really like them as a person. <laughs> like, anybody else that you meet in your life, you're like, they're kind of an asshole. I'm not going to talk to them anymore. But, like, you, when it comes to family, it's like, man, they're really an asshole, but I'm still going to have to see them at Thanksgiving. Like, <laughs> right. And I, I love movies that, like, take these interesting family dynamics and play off them. I hate the fact that it's all based on the death of a mom. That is that is a very overused story trope. Eh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's one of those that, like, it, it it's an overused story trope when it stops working. Right. Like, if, if you can still tell a really interesting story in your own specific way without making it too overplayed it could be really well done but it, it is something that gets used as a uh, a story narrative a lot the i don't know how i feel about the whole i'm old and don't understand modern technology thing kind of feel like we're a little over that in this day and age i think it was just a setup for a good like punchline where it's like why would you watch you know what i mean like I, it doesn't strike me like he doesn't understand what the tablet's for <laughs> it strikes me like he's like it's completely pointless in his life 
Yeah, to me, to me, I, I, I kind of just read it as like he just is kind of set in his old ways. Yeah, I mean, well, I, th- I think it's a bit of both. I mean, like, I, I, I'm gonna go from my own experiences. Like, uh, hmm. my dad, my dad's a lot like that. Like, my dad kind of knows what shit's for when it comes to technology, but at the same time, he kind of, he's like, that's, that's pointless. Why, why don't I just fucking watch TV, on my TV, like? why do I need a tablet to watch TV when I'm not at home, you know, like... Right. That's because that's how they grew up. I mean, you think about our parents. I mean, they grew up, they had TV at home. They didn't have TV, like, in their pockets where they could just take it wherever, you know? Yeah, absolutely. They were, they, were, they were more about living their lives where, like, today, now people are, like, glued to their fucking screens. But, like, all, all I'm saying is that that's a thing that's already been explored a lot. <laughs> and, like, it's not a big part of the movie, it doesn't really seem like. No, I but it's just so. like one of those moments in the trailer that I'm just kind of like, all right, still making those jokes. Like, okay, like it's not a big thing. It's not like something that I'm gonna like, like go in arms about it. But it like that's why I'm like I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like it's one of those jokes that like I need to see in full succession in the actual movie. Well, right. I, th- I think uh, uh, you're gonna probably see that shit in movies at least until we're in our like. 40s because uh, I, i'd you, say you, until you, our generation are like the top people that are making the movies right you're, you're gonna have to wait a while to see you know kind of see that when we start getting older and our our parents generation start dying out you're gonna see less and less of those jokes and it's, but it's sad but that's the truth the, the, the thing is is that the jokes are just gonna change because it's gonna be a new version of some kind of technology that's modern now all of a sudden that it's like oh like, why would I go fuck a, uh, a VR person when I could fuck a real person? Like, that's going to be the jokes that are going to be made in the future. Like, like screw that. I'll, 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 fuck, I mean, I'll fuck a VR person. Right. <laughs> I'm up for nukes, new shit. Right. Well, the other side of it, too, is I'm just going to go out on a limb and actually say this one. There are many things that I could use a tablet for. I do not have one. There's a bunch of, bunch of things that I could use a tablet for. Are you giving us a Christmas idea? No. Well... <laughs> If you want, <laughs> but but if you tried to sell me a tablet by telling me that I could watch TV on it, I would probably have the same response. Where it's like I I have a TV and I I watch TV at home. Right, that's fair. I don't really need like like I said, tons of things I would use a tablet for, and I'm a fairly tax 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 a tax savvy tax savvy a tax savvy tax savvy fairly tech savvy guy. Yeah. Not the most, but fairly. And that's just that doesn't appeal to me. So I don't know. Yeah. The the other thing is the the selling the house trope. A lot of movies rely on that. And like the I I the only reason why I don't like this is because I don't relate to it. Yeah, I don't either. I've I've moved so many times in my life. I have no personal attachment to an address. Like that's just never been a thing that I've personally dealt with. And I, I don't. Tori has, I yeah. have, yeah. Like, I mean, because I having because like I grew up in the home next to my grandmother. Like, they my parents bought the house right next to theirs, and up mm-hmm. until I think when I was in second grade, that was where I lived. And then I moved, which it wasn't too bad because like my grandma's house was still there. But then like when my grandma got put in a nursing home and stuff, I mean that was that was our neighborhood, that was our home, you know. So like when we had to sell that because there was we couldn't afford to keep it you know, the taxes and everything else it was like well that fucking that sucks you know it, it, you have 
I mean, you guys, you guys have always moved around. You and Ethan, I know, you guys right. always have moved around, state to state, whatever. You know, his right. dad was a pastor, always preaching somewhere or whatever. And, and you, yeah, you just moved around. But the point, right. the point I'm getting at is like, not it's not everybody's, not everybody can relate to it, but I think a lot of people can, because for the most part, the, people stay kind of. I, I think local. the biggest thing that kind of gets to me is like this idea that like, like when you're living with your parents. And your parents are like, oh, we're moving somewhere else. We're getting rid of this house. We're moving somewhere else. That makes more sense because you're still living there. You're still part of that. Yeah. But, like, the idea of once you're grown and already living on your own and your parents say that they're selling their house, I just – and, like, getting, like, defensive about that, I've, I've just never understood that. It's like you don't – you don't live there anymore. Like, I get you have memories and attachment and stuff like that. And especially in this case, it makes sense because, like, his mom just passed away, too. Like, right. it feels like he's losing another part of her, I guess. But, like, it's just, it's such an overused thing in movies. Or, like, even, like, mostly, like, TV shows kind of use this as a plot device a lot. But it's just, like... It's just something I've never understood. It's not. It's not something I've ever been able to grasp with. So like, whenever I see it in trailers for the like movies like this or like episodes of TV shows, like a part of me kind of checks out, and it's hard for me to relate to the characters on that. I think this will that will also depend on what the timeline for his mother dying is too. Because that's if you, true. If, if it's you know you just at the end of the funeral, and you know I was sitting there, and my dad was talking about like. You know, this is the house I grew up in. It was like, yeah, we're gonna sell it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but can right can now, we have like, a moment? We, yeah, yeah. I was like, like, can we just like sit and think this through? I don't know. Right. But yeah. Also, Corey, are you trying to say that my dad is a is a is a church slut? <laughs> just <laughs> preaching around. He's in an open church relationship. <laughs> <laughs> He's preaching oh, around man. everywhere. Jesus. <laughs> Just going swamp. inside any church that will have him. Wow, he's, he's, the, he's the town preacher. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets a shot to listen to him talk. <laughs> Is your dad going to listen to this? Oh, Probably. I hope so. <laughs> oh, I know he's listened to some of my other shows. Yeah, oh. I hope he listens to this one. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they are moving. Because Dad got a job at a different church. <laughs> That's true. Oh. That's true. See, there is he's at it again. Yeah, right. <laughs> new, new Moving town. on to a new town. All new town. Time to <laughs> time to hit the old dust trail. Right. Like I imagine, like your dad, like your dad, like it's like the morning after, like uh, like walk of shame kind of thing. <laughs> we're like he's leaving the church and it's like well it's time for me to go um it's been fun um you know what i'll call I'll you call yeah you. I'll, call I'll, I'll call you i'll call you <laughs> tries to make every church feel like it's the first <laughs> i was kind of surprised to see a pratfall joke in the trailer that's so dimitri martin though that's like who like it is it makes sense because he's he's built on that like awkward sense of humor that like clean awkward wordplay sense of humor yeah that like it would make sense that that would be like kind of the introduction to um what's her name from community jillian uh jacobs uh she was also in the uh tv show love that was on netflix oh yeah which it, it, she kind of seems like just from the little bit that I saw in it, that she's essentially kind of playing a very similar character that's just possibly a little less self-destructive than she is in love. 
But we'll remember. see. The the one thing about the Pratfall joke that I was surprised they did not have in the trailer was the whole like screech of the music stop whenever see, he falls. I, I, I feel like he's a little bit better than that, but I think I think so. Motion. I think yeah. the slow motion where it's like like still keeping he, the music going at the same pace and just right. We've we everybody has had that awkward moment where like something happens. You like at a party and something happens and like time slows down. My life is made at those awkward moments, <laughs> right? Where you like you like do something and like all of a sudden everything's happening really slowly and you're like no as you're like falling over. Fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. just like oh son of a bitch, ah uh, did not pull that one off. Yeah. I am uh, happy to see uh, Mary Steinbergen in this, who I always remember as Clara Clayton in Back to the Future Part 3. Right. I I fucking, I loved her ever since I saw Back to the Future Part 3, even when she was the mom on Joan of Arcadia, uh, which probably nobody else on this, in this show remembers that as a thing. Nope. That was probably just me. Not at all. This is two episodes in a row that I've made some reference to something that neither of you guys know what I'm talking about. Because last episode I talked about Lawnmower Man. Sit down and listen to all the In a World podcasts. Like, <laughs> fair enough. It's a it's a it's a trope in all of our stuff, Keith. We've we've done full episodes that I've not known anything about. That's fair. We just did Halloween Town like two months ago. <laughs> That's very fair. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I love her so much in anything that she's in. So like when I was watching the trailer and I saw her pop up, I was like instantly like, yes. Like it was just like, mm. I'm I'm always so happy to see her in something, especially like she plays so many bit roles and things. And I kind of like that it looks like she's going to have a more prominent role in this. Because like even when she was like an elf, she had a very small part when she was on Orange is the New Black uh, in like the last like season or so she had a very small part in that like she's got a tv show that i think she's kind of more prominent on right now but i can't remember what it is yeah like it's just like she she gets so many bit roles and i i'm so happy every time i see her because she's just she seems like such a delight right like she just looks like a very delightful person that i would just like to like talk to like so I, i was really happy to see her pop up in this the one thing I was kind of surprised that seemed like a very Dimitri Martin idea that he didn't, that they didn't do in the trailer. And again, I don't know if it was him or the, the editor of the trailer. Uh, Cause that's one thing that everybody has to remember is that hardly ever with a trailer edit, does anybody that's directly editing the film, directing the film or writing the film edits the trailer. It's right. usually a third party uh, process. They take a bunch of rough cuts uh, before the movie is fully finished, because whenever trailers come out, the movie's never actually fully finished. Mm-hmm. This is one of those few examples that it is, because it was a Sundance movie before this release. But yeah, so they give them a bunch of you know footage and information and give them a brief plot synopsis of what the movie is about, and then they tell a story in the trailer from that information that they have. And that's why like a lot of times you'll see like um, the Rogue One trailer I know is notorious for like... There was like two or three things in the trailers that weren't in the final movie. Yes. I know Doctor Strange had a punchline that they used a different take from mm-hmm. the trailer to the actual movie. Yeah. That kind of stuff happens all the time. Exactly. Uh, we'll get into the CGI unfinished stuff when we talk about Kong. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. 
But uh, the one thing that I was kind of surprised that they didn't do in this trailer that kind of seemed like an obvious choice to me was having the, at the end of the trailer, whenever the uh, woman's like, oh, my name's this, what's your name? And like having him say, like, instead of just like, oh, I'm Dean, like actually saying Dean, just having it cut to the title of the movie there. Mm. To me, that would have been a choice that I would have made as an editor. I, th- I think that's just a really creative edit, as opposed to, like, him saying, oh, I'm Dean, and then showing Dean as the trailer. It's like, okay, yeah, we, we caught that. Okay, cool. Like, but, like, having that really quick cut, like, of just, like, who are you? And he just kind of looks over and, like, gets ready to say something, and then Dean pops up. That's that's what I would have done as a as an editor um, that I think would have been really interesting. I, as, as far as, like, the movie as a whole... I'm very interested in it. Uh, I love Demetri Martin. I think he's a great writer. I think he's a great comedian. I think he's a very underrated actor. I would really like to see him in more stuff. I'm happy Kevin Klein's getting more work again. <laughs> uh, I feel like he hasn't kind of been around for a while, too. I'm, of course, always happy to see H. John Benjamin pop up in something. Right. Especially as himself. It seems like uh, since H. John Benjamin Let's, had a okay. van... Let's be honest. H. John Benjamin has always played himself. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But like, yeah, I'd say he's great at it and he's hilarious, but mm-hmm. he's always been himself. But yeah, I feel like since uh, H. John Benjamin has a van, he hasn't really been like live action acting anything in a while. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of voice work, though. Yeah, Either way, a ton of voice work. Do you have any, any other big things? Uh, mostly just want to like, like, this looks like a pretty basic heartfelt kind of movie maybe might have a few tearjerker kind of moments in it uh Mm -hmm. i'm afraid that it might come off a little too basic yeah potentially i hope that it has enough to say on its own instead of just kind of being another just kind of indie movie that says a lot of the same stuff a lot like it kind of feels very much like his version of like a garden state if you will yeah i'm i'm definitely interested Corey, you got anything to add to it? Uh, I mean, it looks interesting. I'd probably be, uh, yeah, I don't know. The one thing I will say is Keith and I just went, got done watching uh, Logan mm-hmm. and we read dinner afterwards. And like we were talking about the difference between theater movies and movies you can wait on. And I do think this one is not one that I like specifically have to see in theaters. I think if I had a free afternoon and there was a decent showing for it, I'll probably go. But I'm, I'm guessing that it's going to have a very small window. Mm-hmm. Of, of, like a release a small window of like uh the time it's in theaters it'll probably be in select cities so my guess is that i'll probably end up watching it on some streaming service my my guess is that like we'll probably get it at for here in chicago we'll probably get it at like the music box probably the logan theater uh Maybe probably landmark. like two or three uh, like landmark a few others probably the evanston theater uh, and they'll probably have like a week of a show, and then it'll probably hit like second run th- uh, theaters, like theaters that show second runnings of movies for a little while, and then it'll probably just kind of disappear from the theaters altogether. And I'm sure it will probably come to streaming services pretty quickly Fairly after quickly, that. Yeah, I, I don't imagine there's going to be a huge turnaround for that. But yeah, for, so Ethan, your rating first, your full rating, I guess. My mine was uh, like I would be interested in seeing it in theaters, but I will most likely end up catching it. Okay. And uh, on a streaming service, Corey. I would probably just catch it on streaming services. I'm, I, it's just not something I would be interested in seeing in a theater. I I probably won't see it in theater. 
Uh, there's just other movies that I'd probably be more willing to see around that time in theater specifically. I'll probably catch it like as soon as it comes out on Redbox, honestly, or like something of that nature. See, I get the feeling that I will probably like think about it, and then by the time it comes out and hits like the streaming service stuff, I'll have like forgotten about it, mm. and then I'll have like a, a lazy night that like I'm scrolling through Netflix or Amazon Prime. Looking for something to watch, and it'll pop up, and I'll watch it, and then be like, "Oh yeah, Keith, do you remember this movie?" <laughs> right. <laughs> Should sit yeah. down and watch it. Right. That's how a lot of shit is for me. To be honest. I, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if I ended up just kind of forgetting about it. No. Yeah. I'll probably say I could probably say the same thing. I like I. I'll probably forget about it after this fucking show. <laughs> That's fair. Right. We'll move on to courts. I'm bringing uh. What the hell is this place? That's Kong. He's king around here. Kong's pretty good king. Keeps to himself mostly. Well, you don't go into someone's house and start dropping bombs unless you're picking a fight. Kong's god on the island, but the devils live below us. And what are they called? I call them skull crawlers. Why? Never said that name out loud before. It sounds stupid now that I say. Just you call him whatever you want. So, my thing, I, like, so I like, I like King Kong and Godzilla and all that jazz and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think, in all honesty, like this one's gonna be more appealing to me. Like I know they made that one a while back. What was it? Uh, Jack Black. Oh yeah, that one was yeah. a garbage fire. Yeah, I did. Not a good movie. I did not care for that Kong film whatsoever. Oh, Peter Jackson. Yeah, this one, however, it has. He goes a little bit more along. I don't know. I mean, I, I was never really a big Kong fan. I was more of a Godzilla fan. And I think I feel like to me it goes along more along with the stories of who King Kong is or well, what King Kong is. Absolutely. You yeah. Know, being know. this guardian, like God revered fucking beast of this island of natives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like. I mean, it does. It does seem like this one's all going to take place on Skull Island as opposed to them taking it back to New York. Yeah, it's the it seems like thirties film they did, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a whole lot of like screen time on Skull Island. In <laughs> well, that's that's because one. they didn't really have that location available. Like it was yeah. a it was a shitty fake background area in the original, and that's hey, why know, they immediately moved it to a more New doing, York. They crawl. were doing the best they could with the. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it's not bad looking. I'm well, not. I'm not. I'm not downplaying. It stands out, but like it, it does. <laughs> It was an achievement in special effects. Yeah, I'm not downplaying it for what it is. I'm just saying that that's what it was. But now we can actually like do real on location shots and sets and stuff like that. I'm personally curious on like when this is supposed to be set because the use of the more uh, commonly used Vietnam music in that trailer that we watched. Yeah, and like the, the, the tech, style suggested it's 70s too. Yeah, like the the tech that they have. Like, there's different shots of different technology that they have. Microphones, uh, just, like, the screens with, like, whatever fucking wavelength thing that they were showing. Like, even the, like, slide machine thing that they were using. All those are very outdated things. So, I... I'm And there's nothing else that really tells me what age this is supposed to be. I mean, like, just like just the way people are dressed. Um, right. The style of, like, weapons they're using. Glasses and looks, stuff like that. Yeah, like, it all looks very 70s to me. So I, I would be, wouldn't be surprised if it was late 60s, early 70s, kind of Vietnam era. And they probably, I mean, it, you wouldn't choose something that's kind of ambiguous in that way and then put 
a Creedence Clearwater Revival song on top of it if it wasn't right. like going to be set in the late sixties or at least. I I I wouldn't. I was just to kind of go and jump in here. Uh, I, I did get that very seventies feel, but it wasn't so much the technology that they were using because having been in the military, I can tell you right now that we still use shit from World War One. <laughs> to be fair. Fair. So, yeah. so like the technology wasn't what made me gave gave it the seventies feel to me. What it was the more or less the way they dressed and the music, obviously for their choice. Mm. You know, it was more of those things, less so the technology. Because like they had like the radar, some of the like radar devices and stuff. How they were scanning the island and stuff. Like that shit that, to be honest, we still fucking use today. Like, Interesting, right? I mean, if it works, if it works, it works. Right. I mean, it's like, it's basically that's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But that's the government military's fucking kind of. That's their thing. Like if it ain't broke, fuck it. Keep fixing it. Keep using it. You know, it works. Interesting. So, I I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Like, but it did it did very much have a seventies feel, and that was one of the, actually one of the things I noted pertinently. I know, like, there's so many people in this movie that I absolutely love as far as like actors, like. I mean, you got Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. You got Sam Jackson. You got John Goodman. Uh, uh, Shia uh, Shia uh, Wiggum, uh, who was in uh, Risk Cutters and uh, Agent Carter. Oh yeah. Played Eugene in Risk Cutters. Like I, 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 I was really happy to see him in this. Like, I think he's a great actor. I think he should get more parts. Uh, I'm really interested to see what he brings to the table. There's a few other people that I know that are in this that I, I that don't, they don't show in the trailer, but I'm really happy that they're getting parts. Quick side note, not about it's not in the trailer, but uh, interesting little tidbit: the director uh, Jordan Vaught uh, Roberts, he's a Columbia alum. Oh, really? Huh. Interesting. Yeah, he went to the school that Ethan and I went to film school for. That's cool. Like so, like the trailer that I watched earlier before we started recording was uh so like it was it was less it had less of a what's his name again john c uh riley yeah the, the guy that was stranded on the island it had less far less of him in that in the one i watched and it was more like it actually showed a little bit more of a development of the actual story that's going to be in the movie where this is kind mm-hmm. of it didn't really show actually the story too much in this one it was just more of the action and shit like that and a little bit of a little bit of the story so like the one i watched had like pissed off Kong at some point and then they befriend Kong and then then it's Kong, you know like it kind of showed the storyline of how they kind of come to the island and piss off Kong but then they befriend him and then well, the show in this trailer that we just yeah watched, that trailer showed like, all that bombed them. oh yeah but yeah. they're like bombing I don't, Kong uh, not as not as in depth I think is the other trailer that I watched though is, is what yeah. I was getting at which makes sense because that was the second trailer, so I mean we're getting closer. Yeah. I mean, literally from the from the day that this podcast was released, the tomorrow King Kong will come out. Mm-hmm. The one thing that kind of bugs me, like from the trailer that we saw, not being able to have the indigenous people on this island be actual like characters. Like, you have to have John C. Riley show up and explain to you who Kong is. Yeah. Like, not having the people that actually live there be able to do it. Well, I mean, like, I'm just going to go off of, like, my experiences. Like, when you're in another, like, another country, another place, another location, they probably got, like, a language. And I think maybe in the movie they wanted to shortcut the hot, the whole, like, oh, here's this new fucking native culture and we got to fucking learn how to understand what the fuck they're saying to know what the fuck this big giant gorilla is coming out. I don't know. I think maybe that was probably just a director choice or uh, maybe a writer's choice to try and keep uh, less screen time. Does that make sense? I get that. But, like, 
To to honestly have less screen time, you could have just had one of the natives speak English. Yeah, like when like yeah, I don't know. I don't like, know. I don't know. I I can see both sides of this argument because I I get what Corey's saying where like you want to streamline this process, but I also yeah. get what Keith's saying where like it does seem like they're going to be presented as these like savages, savages, for lack of a better term. But I feel like there would be I feel like there would be an outcry both ways, Keith. Yeah, that's true. Like if that's you had fair. if you had a native who just out of nowhere spoke English, it'd be like really we can't like you know have a have a have a single you know native tribal person who like respects their own culture and we can't do that and then yeah. if you do it this way you're gonna have people being like well why do you need the white man to show up and give them all the information yeah. so like there's kind of it's kind of a no-win situation and it does seem like it's when you're already having people suspend their disbelief that uh there's a giant like <laughs> there's monsters gorilla. under the ground and right running a around god, a god gorilla <laughs> smacking helicopters out of the air yeah, there's only that so maybe much just having somebody who was already stranded there to give them the information seems more logical and kind of speeds the process along. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that it still bugs me. I think that's the point I was trying to get at. So basically, like it just kind of seems more. You got this guy, he crash landed, he's been surviving there, he's been there with the locals long enough to kind of like understand what the fuck they say and like get the backdrop on who the fuck Big Kong is. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, like, and of course, like, they want him there for the comedic relief. Obviously that, too, yeah, because... He's there for the comedic relief. Which I, I honestly don't think he's all that funny. I... I, I, I to me, I... I have... He's, he's like, really funny sometimes to me. Yes. I, I feel like his best shit, it feels like, is written by somebody else. Like, when he tries... Well, I feel like when he does his own thing... Like, because, like, I've seen, like, there's movies that he's played in or shows that I think I've seen him in where it's, like, he kind of, like, he does a lot of impromptu crap where I just don't really care for it. That's fair. They're talking about Tim and Eric. It, it seems like whenever somebody writes his lines and kind of, he does better. I, I think he's actually a really solid, serious actor. I wish he would do yeah, more serious really roles. Serious uh, he was amazing in Chicago. I've never seen that. But, like, there, there's been a bunch of other things that he's been in that he's... He's a really solid actor. But yeah, it, normally the movies that he's in as far as comedies aren't my cup of tea. The, out of I, all of them, I I will go on and just like have the popular opinion of this one. I fucking hate Step Brothers. I do too. I think it's like one of the dumbest waste of 90 minutes I've ever done in my I couldn't watch in my it. Life. I, I didn't even watch the whole movie. I think I got to but, the point where they were like sharing a fucking bunk bed or some shit. Or they built a bunk bed. And I was like, this is fucking, this is movie. That is the same movie, right? As yeah. stupid <laughs> as this one is, yeah, yeah. As stupid as this one is, the one that they did that was like a parody of like Walk the Line, uh, uh, Walking Hard. Called. Yeah, that one was actually hilarious. I've heard that one was actually really good. <laughs> that one is really, actually, genuinely really funny. Yeah, and that one's m- much more John C. Riley centric. Yeah, he's the main character. Yeah, I didn't like Talladega Nights. It had some jokes in it that I enjoyed. Talladega Nights is one of, I think, three movies in my lifetime that I've walked out of. Yeah. Like, I I really like Sasha Baron Cohen in that movie more than anything. Yeah. But, yeah, like, everything I, else I, I didn't really I like, the second for. half of that movie on TV not too mm-hmm. terribly long ago. And it wasn't mm-hmm. as bad as I remember it being, but it still wasn't, like, as funny as everybody talks the, about the, it. Like. The first and middle half is rough. Yeah. Uh, but the second half definitely gets better first and middle half there's three halves in this movie uh you know quarter whatever it doesn't matter <laughs> um go fuck yourself um, <laughs> but uh but yeah i i think that there's some really interesting monster designs that they show in this 
But in all honesty, I think it would have been good to leave out the rest of the monsters in the trailer. Yeah. I I have a very strong opinion on things being revealed in trailers and things being dropped. Right. I remember before Rogue One came out, I was was the only one who was like so pissed off that they announced that um, Vader they were putting Vader in it. I was like, dude, how much cooler would this be if you were just like there on opening night? sitting there and like halfway through the movie you hear the respirator kick on and you're like shit in your pants like oh it's fucking awesome as opposed yeah. to like knowing it's gonna happen i i feel like the other monsters and the extra things and that kind of stuff i think personally i think on a more viral marketing scale you know what i mean like the three of us have like kind of grown with internet culture mm. and like the the way of internet culture at this point is very like guerrilla marketing and getting and buzz building buzz and having people talk about it mm-hmm. and i feel like throwing a lot of extra things in your trailer doesn't make more doesn't make our generation want to see it more I think it makes if if something surprises us in a trailer and it's like really cool and we really like it, we're more inclined to tell our friends about it and get them more excited to go see it. Yeah. The the trailer gives me the sense that there's just so much going on and like that doesn't give me a whole lot of hope for the movie. Cuz right. it's like, "Oh, we're here. We're going to try to bomb Kong or we're going to bomb this area. Kong gets mad. Well, I'm actually here to capture Kong." Okay, well, he wants to capture Kong now, but there's another threat here, so Kong's not really the threat, so we gotta work with Kong, and it's just like, it seems like they're just throwing so much in the pot, in the even just in the trailer, that it's just like, wait, okay, so we're not here to fight Kong, we're, we're gonna help fight, help Kong fight these other things, this guy's still gonna try to capture Kong, but we're still fighting Kong, well, I don't. <laughs> I wanted to go off. I don't think they were actually there to fight Kong at first. I think at first it was like they were trying. Well, they were trying to map this island out and prove that stories. Sounds like the, that's they were trying. That to, seems like the the like what will turn out to be like the lie they're telling the experts to get them off. Yes, the helicopter. Because like John Goodman's character in the trailer even says like like basically like is like oh no we're here to take this guy back. Like, we came here for this. Right. And, like, Sammy J's character's like, wait, you fucking knew that this was a thing? You knew about this? So, like, they, they kind of allude that these people, like, knew what they were doing going in initially. Right. I mean, like, but what I was getting at is, like, the way the trailer runs off is, like, they're there. They know, they know they've heard stories that there's monsters are real and that this planet, or this island, not the planet, island. This island is, uh is in planet of the giant ape yeah it's it's the island of the giant ape and monsters and all kinds of other shit so they have they've had these rumors and they're there to prove that they're real and i think that i think the extra tidbit of wait we're we're here to fucking capture this motherfucker was a probably like an underlying like that was that probably was something that not everybody fucking knew I think they were more or less there to try and just prove that the shit was real. But, like, at, at the same time, what I'm saying is that it's a character with another motivation, along with a bunch of other motivations that are happening in the movie. And I feel like it's going to be a lot, it's going to be kind of hard to track. Like, whose motivations are what? It's going to be very cluttered. Is basically I mean, it's, it's no different than like real life half the time you fucking go to do something or whatever and everybody's got a different motive that's the good thing about movies is that it streamlines real streamlines real life into one cohesive story <laughs> whatever i think yeah. I, I don't know i'm not i'm not i'm not 
I'm not down on it on that aspect. I think that'll be all right. It'll probably. It just it just it seems like there's a lot. There's they're just jam packing a lot of plot lines. It's it's just we've we've already watched so many movies recently that like have been doing that and they haven't been working well. Like Age of Ultron tried to jam pack way too much into that movie, and it just it so much faltered because of that. It it suffered for that. And I, I'm worried that this movie is going to do something similar. I don't know. Yeah. I did, I did kind of like the, uh, again, it's another one of those, do I like it? Do I not like it? Where like, it does like the, the chest pound with the drum beat thing. It's interesting on paper, but watching it execution is just like, Hmm. Like, do I like that? <laughs> I like it. I mean, that's, but that's Kong. Like, I mean, that's like the, that's like the Kong signature. Yeah. It's it's like the King Kong signature, you know. Yeah. Like, the, like you got that native drum beat with the fucking chest beat, you know. That's, yeah. That's just kind of his. That's so his. like in a way, like when I watched it, like when I watched it the first time, I was like, okay, cool. And then like the second time I watched it, I was like, hmm. Like it's just like it, it makes me second guess myself in a weird way, and I don't know why. I'm with I'm with Corey on this one. I I yeah. think it's I think it's more it's. I mean, it's definitely cashing in on the iconic scene yeah. that had, that somebody had previously done. But I don't, I don't falter it for that. If you've got the, if you've got that property, that's one of those things that you kind of have to include. That's fair. And like I, to go off of another thing that happened in the last episode that we talked about, like with the Power Rangers, it tried to go off of something iconic, but it failed to me. I, it, this didn't feel like a fail. It definitely felt like they were doing it how it should have been done. They did it the justice. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, there's just like this moment that I kind of have that like, I second guess myself, like if I do like it or not, but I, I, I feel like I do. <laughs> your gut tells you. My, my gut tells me I is, like it. Your mind is telling you no, but your body. Your body <laughs> it's telling me it's telling yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. The one thing I did hate. I, I, I like I don't hate the rest of the trailer. The one thing I did hate, I hate when fucking trailers do this, is when they have like a soft moment near the end, like people are kinda like casually talking to each other or something, and then they have like this like jump up of something with like a loud sound like right there at the end that annoys the fuck out of me. It just and like the fact that like they do that as like a jump scare, but it's the same monster we saw like ten times already in the trailer. Like yeah. if you didn't show me that monster all the way up to that point and then you showed me that re- it might have actually had some relevance. But like why have that in there at that point? Just fucking cut it off with John C. Riley making that little joke. Like, right. yeah. Like, oh, you're all fucked here. Done. Like, show me the end. Like, and that, I think that, in all honesty, that actually brings me back to the whole point that you guys were making about um, showing something in the movie, you know, that you don't really need to necessarily show that's something you can find out later. Like, Vader being in fucking Rogue One. And, and which, Vader being in Rogue One, don't get, me, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to touch back on Rogue One. With Vader being, you know, revealed in that trailer, it was like, oh, sweet Vader, you know? But at the same time, it was like, I do get Ethan's point where I'm like, yeah, that kind of sucks. Like, that would have been, like, total fucking excitement to see that and not have and not, like, and not the, have been expecting right. that. So, bouncing back to Kong, like, I kind of, I'm, like, there was no reason at all to really, obviously, it's Kong, Skull Island, 
Yes, you can show fucking King Kong in the fucking goddamn trailer. Yeah, absolutely and show King Kong. There was no... You know you're going to get King Kong in a King Kong movie. So, that's okay being in the trailer. But, like, there yeah. really was absolutely no fucking point whatsoever to really showcase these... I don't know what the fuck you would call them. These monsters. They, they look like giant grasshoppers. Yeah. I, I didn't even see grasshoppers when I looked at them. I see, they look like weird, like, lizards with just, like, two legs kind of you thing. You know what I saw I was, like, you know the creepy fucking movie where, like, you watch it and then the bitch crawls out of the TV? The Ring? Yeah, The Ring. It, like, they walked, they moved like The Ring chick. But they But they looked like lizard things. Does that make or sense? We should, st- we should start another podcast where you describe movies that you <laughs> vaguely know. <laughs> <laughs> That no, that's a, that's another animated one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we're trade, we're that's a good one. That. Yeah, we're just like you know, you know, the, the movie with the big TM TM crawling out of the she crawls out of the TV. Right. I don't know um, what it's called. I just know what it's in it. <laughs> that's fair. For the most part, I'll always be able to figure out what the fuck you're talking about. You always do. <laughs> so the, the the one thing that I have to say, yeah, like kind of writing off of that is like. Alien is kind of my go-to with this, the original Alien trailer. The original Alien trailer, they never showed the alien in the trailer. Yeah. Like, you get shots of, like, people's reactions, and, like, you see the egg. Like, it keeps showing the egg and, like, slowly hatching and things like that. And, like, you see, like, a brief shot of, like, somebody maybe being attacked by a facehugger. But, like, you never actually see a xenomorph in the original trailer of the movie. Right. And I think... And I, and, and going off of that, I'm going to jump off that real quick. And, like, you can kind of tell from the trailer that, that that's the kind of... It's kind of going not so much a horror, but, like, they're like, there's some scary shit on this island and they got to survive it now kind of aspect. Right. So, like, yeah, same same aspect. You don't want to show your, your, the, your bad guy right away, you know? I mean, you did it with Freddy Krueger and Jason and all of those. But, like, they're the interesting part of those movies. Right. Nobody's going to go name another character from those movies and don't use the actors' names. Nancy, but that's besides the yeah. point. But, uh, but what, what, I mean, what I'm getting at is even with those, even with... Keith is wearing Velcro shoes because he can remember that. <laughs> All, well, what I'm getting, what I'm getting at is like when you when you watch a movie, especially more specifically horror films, you always get more of a suspense whenever you reveal the bad guy or the or the or the whatever right. later in the movie, and you don't even have it in the trailer. Or if you do have it in the trailer, it's like I remember, I remember a Freddy Krueger, uh, a Friday or not Friday, uh, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Nightmare Street, on Elm Street commer- or trailer. Where, like, it had these girls, and they were, like, they were talking about how scared they were. They were the group of teenagers. They were scared to fall asleep, and he's going to come and get you. But they never once showed Freddy. The only thing that they had that even hinted at Freddy was his creepy-ass fucking nails. Uh, one, two, Freddy. Well, yeah, they had the, they, the I think they had the song, and, and then they made some nail. There's his claws on a wall. and then Like, like scraping against and something. Then, and, yeah. like, him laughing and, like, I'm coming for you or whatever, you know. And that was it. That was nothing. You didn't see any. You didn't yeah. actually see him. You know, I think yeah. they did that with the most recent that, one. In fact, I think when they rebooted it, didn't they? Yeah, with the one with Jackie Haley playing. Freddy. Yeah, yeah, I think they did that, that and that was cool. Like, it's it still sold that's, you to go that's see also, it. Also, I feel like that works for that franchise because it was an already established franchise. Though. Yeah, but I still don't feel like. And let's let's be honest. If you tried to do that with this one, and <laughs> I like if you tried to cut a trailer of this movie without having King Kong in it, it would literally be John Goodman, and <laughs> John Goodman, Samuel Jackson, and um, 
what's his name? Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston, like, sitting around a table having a conversation. Right. Yeah, but, uh, well, I mean, like I said, though, but, like, with King Kong, I mean, it's King Kong. Yeah, we're going to have but King Kong in the trailer. I'm having the other monsters. Like, those other monsters. Yeah. Those oh, yeah. skull crawlers or whatever. Like, there was no reason. They could have mentioned them, yes. talked about yeah, them. Yeah, I was going to no say, like, having, having, having the trailer where it's like, oh, like, Kong is here. He protects the island. Uh, from what? And it's like, there's these devils below. And, like, having that shot of that guy looking over the pit. And, like, showing the moment where they're, like, walking through the, like, forest or bone forest or whatever. Like, if they'd had some closer coverage on the the bones themselves. Yeah, like, just, like, shots of, like, dead things and all that. And, like, oh, there's, like, bigger monsters here on this island than just Kong or whatever. Like, generic line. You could have even used the clip at the very end where, like, that thing comes bursting out of the fucking ground. But, like, cut it. Yeah, right yeah. before it actually shows, it just and then cut and then yes. fucking, you know what I mean? That would have been intense. Like, what the fuck was that? Yes. You know, like that, that would have been me like, hooked. Yeah. yeah, right. You're like, I want to go see that now. What the fuck was that? That's not Kong, you know? <laughs> right. right. That's that's what I'm. Yeah. At. No, I hundred percent. I, I feel like if this, like, yeah, I, like that's the big thing. Like this movie looks fine. Like the trailer looks fine, but like. Yeah. I feel like if it was cut the right way, it would have gotten me pumped for it. Like, I would have been like, fuck yeah, what is that thing? What's Kong gonna go and fuck up now? Like, uh, that's awesome. Like, they, the only shot that actually really instilled anything like that was that s- shot of, like, I guess it's Sammy J, a uh, shot of him from behind with, like, the fire rising and, like, Kong coming up in front of him, like, staring him the fuck down. That was a really cool shot that, like, gave me a moment where, like, fuck yeah. The other one of the Sammy J's gonna court. fuck up a monkey. <laughs> the other one uh, motherfucking apes on this motherfucking Good island. island. <laughs> uh, in the in the trailer that Corey and I watched, there's also a um uh, an interesting looking sequence where it looks like they they essentially strapped a camera to the side of it, mm-hmm. and it's King Kong like swatting the helicopter out of the sky, mm-hmm. and it's spinning. And you like keep it keeps like panning by, and you keep seeing like fur go by. I've, I've seen that one too. Yeah, yeah. it's really that good. looks like it'll be an interesting scene. Agreed. This looks like a movie that I'm going to forget about 20 minutes after I left the theater, though. Yeah, it looks like it's it's going to be a pretty basic action film that's really fun while you're watching it. Um, but as soon as it's done, you're kind of done with it. Because I mean, I'm I know I'm like notorious for that too. You're you're really bad about it. It seems I'm like so a movie that I would do that with. <laughs> yeah. Which there's only one movie that I've ever left the theater and immediately forgot what I what I just watched. Was uh, Quantum of Solace? Is Quantum of Solace James Bond? Quantum of Solace. I saw that movie. I know I did, but I couldn't tell you a god thing that goddamn thing that happened in it. I think I'm the same way with all the Bond movies, the, at least the newest ones. I no, I remember Skyfall. That's and, the only one. And Casino Royale definitely had some pretty fucking uh, special I mean, moments in it. Um, just like the scene of him getting like tied to a chair and getting his dick beat in by a big knotted rope. Like, yeah. I could never forget that. <laughs> by Mads and Mads Mickelson. Mads Mickelson was the one beating his dick in. With right, of rope. course. Of course. So yeah, uh, Corey, if you want to start off with the ratings. ratings. Oh, one side note. One thing that we were going to talk about because when we were talking about Power oh, Rangers, right, 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 we did right. not talk about this and I specifically wanted to bring it up. Right, right. One thing about one. reviewing movie trailers and talking about them like this is I feel like some of the last week was not so much and we didn't really touch on it right now. The CGI for this movie is not done. Yes. The CGI for Power Rangers last week is not done. 
the CGI for King Kong is probably done, but when they cut the trailer, it was not done. Yeah. You can you can do this with a lot of movies. If you sit down and watch the Jurassic World trailer, and then you watch the actual movie, that you can clearly tell the CGI was not finished. A lot of times the CGI artists are the last one to get footage, and they are definitely the ones who are like working their ass off to make a deadline. Yes. And uh, it's it's usually the final thing that gets finished on a film before it goes out. Right, which makes sense because if those little touches and small things you want to do kind of have to come And it out. just – it takes a lot of things – time to render well. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of these times they're, they're doing quick renders uh, to get be put in the trailers – and then when the trailers come out, that's why the CG and trailers don't always look like they do in the movies. Well, I'll be, I'll be honest. Like, I, because I do computer graphics shit on the side anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm like, if I were to use my computer right now, which is a really good computer to do render anything that's beyond like a fucking 30 second clip of anything, it's going to take, it's going to take like probably 12 hours. Exactly. Right. But, but the here, and here's the biggest thing is the but is where I'm using my at-home computer, I'm sure in a fucking studio, they probably have actual... Um, servers. Uh, yeah, servers that are literally dedicated to just processing speed and graphic speed. And then that, that cuts literally three-quarters of the process out. Because because you, when you think about it, like when you have a deadline, you have this multi-million dollar uh, f- film... Uh, and you got to get this shit out on a deadline. You want to be able to render shit as fast as possible. So you can see what you fucked up, what you didn't get right, what you did get right, and then go back and redo it and re-render. Oh, so you also have a team of like 10 or 15 people working on this film at the same time. Yes. So those rendering servers can only go so far. And I'm, we're, we're actually just trying to cut more slack for the, right. the CG artists as right. well. Like, yeah. You right. know, it's, it's not – because a, like, a lot of times – Not a lot of times I've heard people – Talking about trailers and, and like, like shitting oh, on the CGI is going to be terrible in, in this movie. It's like no, it's not. It's just not done yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not like, on that. So like you've got multiple people working on this like, like one project at the same time, but like it's a full studio. So there's other projects that are also being worked on at the same time. And the fact that it is a feature length movie, and so many movies have so much throughout the entire movie of CGI. That it just it it's so much that's happening at one time with a lot of shit, a lot of cooks in the oven, and it it just it it doesn't it's not a quick process. Is basically what I'm getting a lot, at. a lot of cooks in the oven. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of dicks <laughs> on the dance floor. Yeah, yeah. A lot of cooks in the oven. A lot of, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> so yeah, Corey. I'm like, Corey I don't think you want to put the cook. I don't think you want to put the cook in the kitchen or in the oven. Right. I mean, <laughs> depends on what you're into. Uh, so. Corey, go ahead and start us with your rating. So I'm, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably more than likely, I'm gonna go see this tomorrow. To be honest, I'm excited to see it just because it's, I don't know, it's, it's fucking shit from our childhood, you know, Kong and fucking Godzilla shit like that. So I like that. I'm into it. It's shit from our grandparents. Whatever. Yeah. I grew up on it too. So I mean, but like the point is, is like I like this shit. So I'm like, I want to go see it because it's, it's fucking, it's Kong, bro. So what's, what's the term? What's the, what's the term, Keith? The Japanese one, the genre. Kaiju. Kaiju movies. Yeah, yeah. We all grew up on kaiju movies. Yeah, yeah. And so I like that shit. So I want to go see it for that particular reason. There's nothing really in the trailer except for like, like you said, like there maybe a couple of clips. And there was one I think there was a couple of uh, clips from the trailer I watched that kind of like, oh, that looks cool. That looks, you know, that kind of draws me to it. Otherwise, there's nothing really that draws it to me other than the fact that it's just a classic uh, story that they're retelling again. Mm-hmm. And I just want to go see what they do with it. Plus, it looks like it would be really cool on a big screen. 
Yeah. And I may, I may actually, I may, I may forget the shit right after I walk out of that motherfucker and just be like, remember a couple of cle- like clips and like, oh yeah, yeah, that was. Cool. Remember that fucking scene where fucking Kong kicked that one dude's ass, like, because right. <laughs> because I'm not gonna remember anybody's fucking name because I never do. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. their names are unimportant. Exactly. Honestly, they're just fucking faces. On it's the it's gonna be Tom Hiddleston, Samuel Jackson. John C. Riley and John Goodman. Like, I'm just right. gonna remember the main, the main. I'm gonna remember the actors, not their fucking characters' right. names. Exactly. That's exactly what this movie is a vehicle for. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. much yeah. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna probably see it tomorrow. So I have little to no interest in seeing this movie. That's fair enough. That's uh, for coming from you. <laughs> like, for for me, like, uh, it's. Definitely, it feels like a trailer movie, or it feels like a uh, uh, theater movie. Movie theater movie. Yeah, it's a it's a movie theater movie. I'd probably see it if like a couple of people wanted to go see it. Yeah, that's probably where I'm at too. Like if like a couple of my friends were like, "Hey, we're gonna go see Kong. You want to go with?" I'd probably be like, "Okay," uh, but I'm and, not gonna be. And I already had the night off of work. Right. Had right. Nothing else to do. And I had the money. <laughs> like. Right. Like it's it's not the movie that I'm gonna get people together to go see it. Right. Not like Keith and I, who just specifically went out and watched Logan. Right. Or, like, even when it came to, like, Arrival, like, I'm the one that kind of went out and got people together to go see it. And you and I went separately, too. We did. We did go separately. But, yeah, so it's definitely not going to be that for me. But, like, yeah, like, if Justin called me up and was like, hey, I'm going to go see Kong, let's go see it. I'll be like, all right, dude, let's go do it. Yeah. Or if Mike and really actually, told that was, me that. Was a, that was a fun, when we went and saw Triple X, that was a fun group of people to go. It with. really was. So I, I would be down for that group of people going again same yeah i would like, be i would be, that'd be really fine to go with that group of people right like that's the kind of thing that i'm talking about is like going with a specific group of people that you know like, you're gonna have fun watching this with like three or four weeks after it came out yeah and there's like five people in the theater that aren't us yeah like definitely waiting until like the end of the 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 theater the run. run um just kind of catching it like when you got some time I, I think this is a perfect movie for that. It's not a movie that I would definitely see like right when it first comes out. Yeah, I have nobody to go watch movies with, really. You guys are my only friends. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so what, what you gotta do is like you just gotta like uh, put us on like Skype or something on your phone when you go see movies and just like enjoy movies <laughs> with us that way. And just and reverse the camera so right. we can sit and watch it with you. Right. <laughs> or we, yeah, or just, just like occasionally like. Brings the phone Set to his face, like, oh my god, did you see that? <laughs> like, <laughs> turns it back. I to think I might, I might get kicked out. They might think I'm recording. <laughs> Which, I mean, by all technicality, you are. You be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just not being saved. It's easy to recover a Skype conversation, too. Exactly. For this last movie trailer that we're going to be uh, doing for tonight, uh, I brought to the table Colossal. You don't remember anything last night, huh? really melodramatic didn't i told me that you weren't really on a vacation that you've been looking for a job for a year your boyfriend didn't work out you are out of control what i've packed two things they're in the bedroom what and since you didn't have any money you decided to move back here is there anything else don't remember anything this movie like I kind of just stumbled upon. Uh, I was like looking at the movies that were coming out, trying to figure out what I was going to do for this episode, and I just kind of like saw this in a list and like just kind of looked it up, 
and watched the trailer and really dug it just from like watching the trailer like the the beginning starts like a very basic like setup of just like oh my life's kind of falling apart it's kind of shitty and then has this really great flip where it's like oh it's not about this girl like kind of just like trying to put pieces together it's a monster movie (laughs) like it's it's a fun comedy monster movie okay, that's an interesting premise. Like, that's not a thing that we really get a lot, is fun comedy monster movies. It, it kind of seems like a an obvious conclusion, like, to make that kind of movie, but it hasn't really been done in that way before. And I, I kind of dig that premise. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of like that, too. It looks really, it looks really fun. It looks like it's going to be a really, like, fun, funny, kind of interesting concept for a comedy kind of setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... I do dislike the trailers that use like excerpts from people that have said things about the movies. I I I don't like that use personally. That's just a thing that I really don't care for. Like it's like oh smart, funny, electric, or whatever. Like I I think that's a thing that I I would do away with uh, if I could. Just like banish that from all movies ever. Don't tell me what other people think of this movie. Uh, just show me what you want to show me, and I'll make my own conclusions about if it's funny or not. Yeah, I don't know, because I also feel like this movie, you wouldn't have heard of if it wasn't for it just showing up on a list on IMDb. And so, like, having having people say, like, you know, it won whatever best film, whatever thing for South by Southwest and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff seems... Like, like showing that, like, showing the, the, the festivals or whatever that's played at and whatever awards it's gotten is fine, but, like, showing the, like, excerpt things, like, you would see on a fucking back of a book cover, like, I, I don't really care for that. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I to kind of go on that, I think is okay. Because, like, I noticed some of them were, like, critic reviews. Yeah. So, like, for me, when a, when a critic really likes, uh, well, not a, a critic, because anybody can be a fucking critic. But when, a, when like... We're critics right now. Yeah. Yeah. W- w- when, like, a critic company or whatever group or whatever when they fucking like it it generally turns out to be pretty damn good and it's been my opinion that like critics tend to hate a lot of shit Mm -hmm. so does that make sense but then like i could go watch it and and like because like i like using what is it tomato i think rotten Rotten tomatoes Tomatoes. i like using that because i don't just get the critic reviews i get people reviews yeah and and to me that gives me a better sense of like okay well the critics gave it like a fucking two-star rating but like normal every other day fucking people gave it like a 4.5 you know and that's Mm -hmm. why i'm like okay that that makes me a little more interested to go see it but like generally the movies where critics have rated it like four out of five or five out of five and i'm like Okay, that's got to be pretty good if a fucking critic can like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I'm okay with seeing that because then it's like, well, if they liked it, that obviously had something good about it. But at the flip, it's like, I don't I don't want you to tell me what other people think about it in the trailer. Like, if I'm interested enough in it, I'll see what people are saying about it. Out of curiosity, Keith, just, just kind of playing devil's advocate here just a mm-hmm. little bit. So does it bother you when get out and arrival both advertise that they get 100% fresh reviews on rotten tomatoes a little bit both of those both of those had those like yeah and the, like when they initially released and um i think get out is still at like 98 or something like that yeah and like yeah it, it bugs me a little bit it's at 99% let, let let your trailer show me what you want to show me 
and then I'll judge it on my merit from that. And then I'll, if I'm interested, I'll go and look to see what other people think about it. That's kind of just where I'm at. Like, I, I don't like when tra- trailers are basically telling me what to think about the movie that it's showing me. I do really like when music and trailers go with the beats of the visuals. The, this trailer specifically really pulls that out, uh, where it's it's a lot of the music just hits certain keys with the action. And this kind of takes me back to a video that I absolutely love. Uh, there's a video series called Every Frame's a Painting. Uh, this uh, editor talks about editing in films and like what makes really good editing in movies and what makes movies really good because of editing. And uh, he did one on Edgar Wright, who's one of my favorite directors that's currently working. And uh, his visual comedy, how he uses visual comedy, and he talks about having music work with the beat of the scene. We suggested that video to one of my regulars this week. Yeah. And this trailer does that really well. And I'd like to hope that the actual movie itself does similar things. But the, the trailer, like, it picks a good song that goes with the beat of the, the trailer itself. And they work really well together. And I think it makes it a little bit more energetic than if it didn't have that. Like, if it had just some kind of, like, generic song that just kind of had music and then just did the cues the right way, like, it would feel different. And I think that they they picked the right one, and it gave a very specific feeling to me as I was watching it. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. It does also have some quick editing in the trailer. It's a thing that a lot of things use, where it does a lot of quick editing of a bunch of scenes in succession uh, really quickly that might not have anything to do with each other in the actual movie, but make you think that they are in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious to see how that plays out in this movie. Cause like there, there's specifically one se- or one section at the end of the trailer where it just does a bunch of quick cuts of a bunch of different things. And it's like how much of these are actually related to one another. I, I'm curious right. to see how that kind of plays off. Like it, 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 it invokes a certain specific feeling from you as a trailer watcher it's like oh shit oh that's cool oh that's really cool but like in your brain it's telling you all these things are happening together but they might not actually in the real movie yeah overall like the it it sets up a character it sets up the premise of the movie but it it doesn't give you a lot it doesn't tell you what's actually happening or why it's kind of I feel like it kind of hits the happy middle between what Keith and I normally like in movies. Yeah. Um, you, you set up a lot of what the character is, but you don't have a whole lot of information. You kind of know what the premise is going to be, but you don't really like know exactly what the details are going to be. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have like too much information where I don't like it. But it also right. like definitely sets things up. Yeah. It sets up like a weird relationship between Anne Hathaway's character and uh, fucking Sudeikis. what's his name? Sudeikis' character. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis and Anne Hathaway. Like, it, like obviously, there's no romantic interest there, but they're obviously not siblings or anything like that either. But they do have some kind of close connection. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. Like, that didn't need to be told to me. Like, just showing me, like, them hugging and, like, having a close kind of connection and him just being like, you told me all this stuff that's happening to you right now. Uh, you don't remember all this, like... And like her having this mental breakdown, like we know she's having a mental breakdown because of this. You don't need to tell me, oh, you're having a mental breakdown. Like right. that, that didn't need to be said, but like, I got that sense in the trailer and like, we know, oh, somehow she's controlling this monster. We don't know where this monster came from or like, really like how it works or how it works. Like we know that like 
specific places she's at, the monster relates in, I guess, Tokyo in a very specific place. And like somehow those things correlate to each other. So I'm I'm curious to see how that works out. And it, obviously it's only working for her. Right. So like I'm I, I, I really like to see what happens with this. Not 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 only the fact that she is controlling her, but like they they almost share like a symbiotic connection like the the helicopter and that one scene crashed into its head. She's like oh, Right. What the fuck oh, was that? Ow. You know? Like, right. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's that like immediate reaction that she has. And then she's like, Oh, like the pilot and everything? Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, the guy probably died. Like, There's a good chance he's not alive. But yeah, it, it seems like it's going to be a really good, like, dark comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the sense that I get out of it. I, I really like to see where this goes. Like, the, the, the shot that it shows of her, like, getting up, like, raising her dukes and, like, him being, like, giving him a show. Like, is her monster going to fight another monster? Again, like... This is a thing I feel like they're setting up in the trailer that, like, there's going to be some kind of confrontation, but you don't know what it's against. So, like, there might be another monster in the movie that we don't get to see in the trailer. Like, as opposed to Kong that shows us that other monster, but, like, this one, it's leaving that open. It's leaving leaving a lot of mystery there. So we're like, because, like, in my head, I could see a hundred different fucking, like, scenarios playing out. Like, this, this could be, like, some sort of government experiment and they fucking created two monsters or whatever and linked them to random fucking individuals, you know, or, right. or, or it could be fucking something from outer space and maybe she's a, I don't know. There's fucking a hundred different things. Yeah. That could fucking, like maybe could she got like, maybe there was a meteor and she got drunk one night and like, was like, what the fuck is this thing? And like touched it and like it infected her. Like right, yeah, cause, whatever. Yeah. And there's that scene in the very beginning where she's like, I have no idea what the fuck happened last night. And then all of a sudden there's this monster on the TV and she's like, oh. you know, right. Like, I, I didn't know that that was a thing. I thought like, that was right. a dream. <laughs> right. You know, like that's the kind of like, that's the look she had. And, and like, I like the little cues that they show in the trailer, like of, her realizing, oh shit, it's doing things I do. Like, yeah, that scratch the head thing yeah. and like raising the arm and like her testing it. I like seeing those beats in the trailer uh, and I want to see how they correlate in the actual film. It, it's dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dancing. Yeah, like, like. <gasps> oh <no>. shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah. I really fucking like it. I, I, um, I did like this, this trailer. It was actually, it was entertaining and cute. I would really yeah. like to see this in a theater. Honestly, that description kind of nails it on the head, Corey. Entertaining and cute is what this movie looks like. <laughs> yeah, yep. I would like to see this in a tra- uh, in a theater. I think it would be really fun to watch in a theater, like experience it with a crowd, uh, right. seeing how it plays with the crowd, like the right beats, people laughing together, like enjoying a movie as a a group. Yeah, and I th- I think too, like not only that, but like it has a sense of originality, mm-hmm. like as far as like something not f- fiction. Wait. Right. And, uh, sorry. It's, uh, sorry. And, I got that backwards. I'm. I'm happy that like it's. It's. It's like an original comedy. There's. You know. It doesn't. It, like at least from the trailer, it doesn't look like it's going to be built into some sort of franchise. Right. It's just kind of like a one-off fun movie. We and make, like and you get to it, sit down it, and enjoy it for ninety minutes, and then it's done. It's playing off of an old trope, like an old genre trope of the the kaiju movie, which is kind of getting a resurgence in popularity with the the most recent Godzilla movies and with this King Kong movie. And, like, they're talking about, like, the next Pacific Rim is being worked on. Like, there's a bunch of movies that are kind of bringing this this kaiju era back, which I love. I'm really fucking down for monster movies. I fucking loved Shin Godzilla. 
I think Shin Godzilla was amazing. Wait, what? But they're, they're, so around the same time that the America released the new Godzilla movie with Brian Cranston, Japan made a new Godzilla movie as well. Okay. And it was a, called Shin Godzilla, and it played at like select theaters. And me and my roommate Mike went and saw it in theater. And it was fucking fantastic. It was a really good movie. It had some really great fucking visuals. It was really fun. But yeah, so like, there's this weird resurgence of monster movies, and this movie decides to uh, decided to take that. I I love that fucking poster. It's so good. Yeah, I was gonna say, look at how awesome that poster is too. Yeah, I I love the 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 design of the monster, like how lanky and weird it is. Like it kind of plays off of how like weird she kind of is. Right. So I, I'm I'm really curious to see how this all plays out. I'd I'd love to fucking see this movie. It it, it kind of like the the poster's cool. The poster actually has a very fucking um, help me out here. What what era? Nineties uh, or more eighties? I'd say eighties. More like an eight, like a, a very eighty, like almost late eighties fucking type feel to it. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. It has like Pac Man font. Right. <laughs> so uh, what's your review on this, Corey? As far as scene i probably am gonna go see this in theater if not for sure as soon as it fucking hits voodoo i'll probably end up i'll probably end up buying it mm-hmm. so i like it i think it's definitely like i and i'm glad you guys actually found it and decided to p- pull this one because like until you until this i like you guys mentioned it i had no fucking clue about it mm-hmm. and I, until, until keith mentioned it i had no clue either yeah so like now that i've seen the trailer i'm like oh that actually looks really fucking good like i want to go see that because it looks cool you know like yeah it's new mm-hmm. kind of something original and that's you don't get enough of that anymore and which i'm kind of surprised by like the star power of this like in hathaway like even uh uh sardakis or whatever Sardakis. yeah like he's really fucking big right now like both of them are really popular so i'm surprised that it hasn't gotten a, um, as much attention i'm curious to see how this goes it, I feel like the star power in this, like, definitely kind of showcases how good the writing was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it definitely seems like one of those things that just, like, ended up on somebody's desk and they read it and they're like, this is really funny and really interesting. I definitely want to do it. And probably didn't get paid much for it, but. Yeah. And, like, I, doing it. I love Anne Hathaway. I think she's a really great actress. I think she gets underutilized in things. So I, I, I'm excited to see a movie like this be a vehicle for her so i'm i'm really curious to see how she pulls this what she does with this yep i'm interested i'm interested in seeing it in theaters as well if not i will catch it on amazon pretty much as soon as it comes out i probably won't buy it i'll probably rent it first mm. I, I buy movies i hardly ever rent a movie i for me it depends i, I it's fu- I, it's funny though i remember i remember back in like high school and even when i was in the military I had a very, like, fuck that, I will never buy a movie, ever. I will steal that shit off the internet for free. (laughs) But now that I've gotten older, I'm like, I just don't care. And it's just, it's just, like, 18 bucks, whatever. (laughs) I'll just fucking buy it. If if I don't like it, it it goes on the shelf with all the other crappy ones. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. In in my mind, I, I tend to buy and or rent movies a lot more just because... Um, as someone who's trying to find someone to pay me for my art, <laughs> right? I definitely want 
I want to pay other people for their art. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm I'm not so much with renting. I don't I don't like renting movies hardly anymore because I figure like, well, what if I like this movie and I feel like I want to watch it a second time? Now I've got to spend on top of the two or three four bucks I've I've spent to rent this motherfucker. I've got to drop another fucking almost twenty bucks for it. Like I'd rather just drop twenty straight from the start. And, if I like it, yeah, I like it. But you I don't watch it, and you didn't like it. Well, if I don't like it, <laughs> right. I just fucking cry. Then you spent eighteen bucks on something that you don't like. I don't cry about it. It wasted right. time at that point. It got me through like an hour and a half of my day. <laughs> so move on to Mass Effect. Is that our golden world? That's Habitat Seven, New Earth, if we're lucky. We're marooned. 20,000 souls adrift at sea. When the power runs out and stays out, we need to know if that's safe harbor. Shuttle 2, taking your lead. Good luck, Pathfinder team. All stop, now! I fucking love Mass Effect, and I love anything Bioware makes. Well, except for like a couple of games. So you love a good portion of Bioware stuff. Like 99% of the shit that they come out with, I'm pretty much fucking in love with. However, like, so this is taking something that already is beloved to me because I love science fiction shit. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with Mass Effect literally on the first game. So, so for me, they're taking something that already has this established uh, universe established fucking characters uh and they're they're going to a whole new fucking galaxy now and um all new characters they keep some of the same species but it's all new you know like they're, they're recreating in the same universe a whole new set of stories mm-hmm. and i like that and i and i don't like it because i i miss she- <laughs> <laughs> i miss shepherd like when i found out they were making mass effect and drama like i think the very first time i heard about it it was like all they just mentioned was we're making a new mass effect right and then they left it they didn't answer any questions is shepherd going to be in it or well, whatever you know so i was like i was anticipating shepherd returning for like a fourth installment you know like i wanted to see where i could took where i took shepherd you know and then when i found out like oh he's not fucking in it like who are these? Which like makes sense because you know with the end of three. Well, yeah, yeah, with the end of three. So no, no spoilers. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if you haven't fucking played the games, you suck. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> so like, I like I don't know, but at the same time, I'm like I'm actually kind of excited to see them take the same, not necessarily galaxy, but universe, and and playing on and starting something new from something old. I, mm-hmm. I do really love the whole fucking aspect of that because it's it's gonna it's gonna give them the power to go and create something different, but still a part of that universe. You know what I mean? And yeah. and regather the same old faithful fans plus new ones. And mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's probably gonna be cool. So, and like I I dig the concept of it being about space exploration. Oh yeah, yeah no no that was actually, like that was actually more than like. Because the the original ones were just about like we're 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 an army and we're we're kind of like space cops, uh, but like it gets into this whole plot about like the possible extinction of all living species and like all that. Like this looks like 
the space exploration story gone wrong. Right. Well, and, I, and what I kind of seen that too is like with this, like okay, if you go back to the original uh, Mass Effect one through three, like when you start mm-hmm. off Mass Effect one, you're you're Shepard. You have you've already been forged in heat and iron and steel. You're you're already. I mean, he- a protagonist, basically. They're they're a commander starting off, right. like right off the bat. Shepard is a commander, right? So I mean, he's already been forged in in, in fucking battle. You know what I mean? Where this yeah. this new one, it's clear that the two main characters, this brother and sister, it is clear that those guys they're just explorers. And I can actually, because I'm a really big Mass Effect fan, at the end of uh, well, not the end, but somewhere in towards the end of Mass Effect Two. They do what's called the Andromeda uh, Initiative, mm-hmm. and that's you know, and that's where they got the name Andromeda is because they basically shot explorers from different races, not all races, but some racers, races, racers, <laughs> to another galaxy, mm-hmm. you know, using new technology and shit to get you know from one place to another, other than those those things, because they knew what was happening. They knew that these fucking these reapers were there. They were like, in case we don't fucking survive these, let's at least send our people and our races out so that they can fucking survive and rebuild, you know? Right. So, and that's basically what they're doing is you got this big ship. It's full of passengers from most, if not all the races, all trying to find a new home to start and rebuild just in case what happened back in fucking Mass Effect 3 did or didn't happen and all the races got wiped out, you know? Mm-hmm. And and you got these guys, this little crew. And I don't, or at least that we lost Earth. Like. Right. And and you got this, this crew. That's one thing I noticed. The crew seems like a little bit of um, like a ragtag crew. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like I got a very Firefly maybe. Feel mm-hmm. feel from it like the, like a Guardians of the Galaxy oh yeah, Guardians of the Firefly Gal- thing yeah and it yeah. just kind of like this is the ragtag guys they're not like they're nobody special they haven't been forged in, in battle you know and you have this from rookie I mean except for Krogans what? Krogans are always forged yeah, they, in battle yeah those motherfuckers are born in battle yeah <laughs> which is funny that you mention it because of that fucking line he's like I don't need an army I have a Krogan even though <laughs> I, I am gonna say that line did bother me because it's essentially the line from the Avengers trailer with the Hulk yeah the- where it was like Loki's like I've got an army and he's like we've got a Hulk I was like it's a little too Avengers there like I, okay. two little two Avengers there I could see um, that but it plays very, it still plays very well with the Krogan it, right? it plays well and I, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking shame him for it because it, it worked, it looked nice. <laughs> and like even the line of "We're not explorers, we're explorers, we're not an army" is kind of a, a a line that you hear a lot in things. It's a pretty generic line. Uh, that and the like, we're gonna about to change the game. Like they made the rules, we're gonna change the game. Like those are like lines that you hear pretty generically in things. But it, it's just like one of those moments. I was like, okay, like all right. Having those lines in there doesn't break it, but like it sure is. It's overused. Yeah, yeah. I know, and I get what you're saying. I I do also love the the shots that remind people that Mass Effect is sexy. Yes, <laughs> especially with the you... the scene of the the two people getting ready to make out, where you hear that overline of "This is exactly why we came." <laughs> yeah, and just like <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why you went out to space. It's exactly why we came to, to watch space people bone. <laughs> and that's why you and, like, and that's half the reason you come and play the game is who can you fuck with the main protagonist? Like, and like <laughs> the the creators of the game basically came out and said this game's a lot hornier than previous ones. Did they really? 
yeah, like they're like there's gonna be some like legit nudity in this game. Like instead of like the weird like so Ethan, you know how in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, every time Batman fights, uh they do like close up quick shots of the fights. Yes. Because they don't yes, want to yes. show the whole thing. Uh Mass Effect does that with their sex scenes. Alright. <laughs> so you get like close up quick shots of like body parts, like just kinda like arm and like heads and like people kissing and like legs rubbing up against each other, but that's about it. But in this one apparently they're going full horny. So like, so, so they're right. they're going from fucking uh what's it called? Uh like softcore like porn. Soft porn to hardcore porn. <laughs> right. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm I'm down with that. <laughs> I think most of us are. I I I want I want to I want to bone some aliens. I want to, I want to bang, I want to, like, uh, they got the, they brought back the one main, cause you can kind of see your crew as a Krogan, the blue chick and all the other ones. Yeah. They, they have an Asari. They've got a Krogan. They've got a Solarian. Like they don't have a, I know that there's some things that you don't see. Like you didn't see the Aquarian. Like there's no Aquarian. Yeah. And that, which is interesting. Yeah. That makes me wonder did like, cause I know they weren't in the storyline. I don't think they were part of the, uh, the initiative. So they may not actually be in the game. Which you makes sense like because they were kind of like their own little race that kind of was like fuck this galactic Cause, like, senate you know tali is a very special case like the fact that she got involved with shepherd at all was a very special case right and she was um, she was basically she was on she was on her pilgrimage like is a very specific rite of passage for quarians where they go out and run out with a different crew other than another quarian vessel to kind of prove their worth and scrap things and bring it back to the Corian fleet. Right. So, like, she was specifically on her pilgrimage when she met Shepard. So, like, not having a Corian involved in this makes sense because having a Corian that's willing to go on this kind of pilgrimage be that far away from their people doesn't really make sense for that. Well, race. not only that, but like this whole pilgrimage thing was set up by the like that Galactic Senate, I guess you would call right. it. Right. The alliance which or whatever. The Corians are fucking outsiders. They basically live on the outside of the galaxy, just running around, running in and out and scrapping shit, you know. They, yeah, they basically live. trying to to build themselves back up so they can take back their home planet. Right. And they, and they don't live on a planet. You know, like they have their home planet, but they don't live on it. They all live in a fleet well, of Well, because they got kicked off by the Geth. <laughs> right. And I get what you're saying. And they created the Geth, yeah. incidentally. Uh, it's a very uh, uh, Frankenstein's monster story. It's a very fucking Terminator. <laughs> right. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Rise of the Geth. I, I, I'm kind of sad that there's some real alien races that I didn't get to see in this, and I hope that they bring back like uh, the Hanar and the Elcor. I love both of those races. Well, the Hanar is that is that the big, long-legged, pinky, pink gummy? Yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to have those. I, yeah, I, I, well, I was well, I was reading a thing the other day saying like listing all the races you're not going to see, and like the little pink gummy, the long-legged guys weren't in it. I, I love like, the Hanars, and I, I like those guys. It gives you excitement though, because I mean, like the whole premise is they're in a whole new galaxy. So, and they are you already seen at least two or. Th- three mm-hmm. uh new races that you didn't see before you know you that's had, true you had the ones that were kind of like the canary but then instead of being blue they were pink and they had like more tentacles like and they were longer like tucked into their whatever yeah i i, I loved seeing the new races and just be like fuck yeah give me some more right and and i know that from what i'm reading there's going to be a whole shit ton of races you're going to get introduced to because so. yeah like we're in a whole new fucking galaxy we're we're spreading out we're in a whole new area so we're good to see some new neat shit. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm really excited for this game. I've been excited for it for a long time. When they were like, oh, like at the end where the, they're like, I feel like I've been waiting 600 years for this. 
like in my mind, I'm like, it feels like I've been waiting 600 years for this. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> that was my exact thought too. Was like, it feels like it. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I I am really excited for this, and especially since the gate comes out on my birthday, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Mass Effect, all on board the train for it. I I. I, if I have the money when this game comes out, I'm going to buy it the day it comes out. And I'm going to spend my birthday at home playing Mass Effect and telling all my friends that they could go fuck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to spend your birthday playing that game as well. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, w- I will be pre-ordering this, probably for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't pre-order, but uh, I, I don't really do pre-orders anymore. But I, I definitely want to pick it up as soon as it comes out. I'm gonna do the pre-orders just because I'm a, I like I'm already a huge fan of the Mass Effect, and I want to get all the little extras because they might. I have a pretty good feeling knowing Bioware, they're probably gonna have some shit that kind of like connects back to the old games with the extra content we get by pre-order. Yeah. So I'm like, I kind of want to do that. Then that way I can kind of have a little more taste from home. Right. <laughs> On my new journey with my new characters. I'm guessing you, Ethan, aren't really too... We gave it away. (laughs) The fact that you haven't released anything during this whole portion. Yeah, I didn't play any of the other three games. I don't play a ton of video games in general, so uh, it'll probably be a pretty pretty, uh, uneventful pass on my side. Like, was there... Like... Did the trailer just not, like, really grip you at all? I don't know. It looked fine. It looked like a sci-fi story. Like, I don't... It wasn't for me. It wasn't... That trailer was not made for me. It was made for you, too. That's fair. Yeah. I, I don't think that they're, at this point, um, they're not at the lack of people who are going to buy copies of the game. Which is interesting, because, like, like yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, there, there's definitely not a lack of people to sell it to. But, like, this is the point in the series to try to hook new people in. Right. Well, that's like I said, like it's a whole new storyline, but you're you're still ke- keeping your old fans with a, right? You know, it's the same universe, right? But it is a whole new story, so like this is the point to start hooking new people in, which like I guess that they're trying to do with like, because uh, like that's the interesting thing about video games is that like they can release a whole plethora of information past just like a trailer, like you know movies do. But, like, there's been several video series that have been coming out on Mass Effect uh, about, like, the gameplay stuff specifically, uh, like, how uh, the gameplay works and uh, how the exploration works and stuff like that. So, like, video game players can pick those things up and watch those to see if it might be something that interests them. So, like, that's an interesting thing that you can do with video games they can't really do. I I think I've probably seen the same video as you. Like, I, I literally, I think I watched that video not too long ago. Like yeah, there's been a series earlier. of them that have been coming out. Yeah, because they were talking about how the gameplay is changing and how they're giving you more exploration, you know, capabilities. Because, mm-hmm. like, they tried to touch on that with the first games. Well, no, just the first one. Yeah. yeah. It was the first one where you had the Mako and you drove the Mako around and shit. And, but you had, like, a, yeah, and then they they got rid of the Mako after a while. Like, yeah, they got rid just... of, yeah, they, yeah, they got rid of the exploration and it was more of, like, mining resources in the second one or some shit. Yeah, it was sending out probes to planets and all that. I was like, and that kind of sucks, but it did work with the storyline because at that point, you know, it was more of a streamlined, we're in fucking battle mode. We're not exploring yeah. shit, so. I just, I'm such a casual gamer at, at, at the, in the first place that, like, this, that's part of the reason why I just don't, I don't see this one being, like, particularly appealing to me. I mm-hmm. think people who haven't played Mass Effect but are more avid gamers will probably pick it, be interested and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just uh, not my thing. That's right. 
Fair enough. There's a movie that I almost was going to review that I, I put off whenever I found Colossal. Uh, it's a, a French film that I kind of stumbled upon called Raw. I recommend watching the trailer. It There's no dialogue in the trailer whatsoever. It's all visuals, uh, which is really interesting. It, it's, it's like this weird uh, psychedelic, like, horror-esque kind of film and the the trailer doesn't really tell you anything but like i i looked up more into it and it, it has a really weird interesting premise uh especially if you uh enjoy stories about people becoming cannibals possibly uh so it it looks really intense and really interesting and really visual so i i'm i'm curious to see that when it actually has a uh, a release for it I, I probably wind up watching it on like Netflix or something like that when it comes out full release. I've been watching um, the ESPN documentary OJ Made in America. Fascinating. It was just up for an Oscar. It didn't win the Oscar, but it was just up for one. It's been out for a little while. It's on Netflix. Was it the uh, OJ Made in America or the uh, People versus OJ? People vs. OJ was a was not a documentary. It was a um, it was like a dramatization. Right. And OJ Made in America was the documentary that like ESPN did and followed that one. Right. I've I've been hearing a lot of people talking about the uh, OJ uh, people versus OJ, saying that that was really that good. One, that one came out about a year ago, and well, it was really good. It kind of like swept up a bunch of people, and um, I never sat down and watched that one, but I am giving this one a shot. I I personally really don't have any interest. Yeah, yeah. I it's a ridiculous. I, the only I mean, like it sucked me in because it's just like a ridiculous story. Yeah, like I just I heard so much about it when it was a thing originally. And, like, when it came yeah. back as, like, a thing that people started talking about again, I was like, why are we talking about this again? The other the other one that I um, picked up, and I actually, I have an audiobook that I've been listening to. Um, I was telling Keith about this one the other day. Mm-hmm. Is a book called The um, A Burglar's Guide to the City. It's written by an architect, and, he's ta- and he just breaks down the differences in crimes between cities and how it's all based on, on the architecture of said city. It's been fascinating as I've been listening through it. Yeah, from the little bit that you've told me about it, I, I definitely would... I enjoy that read. It's a good read. Well, I've been listening to it. Well, yeah, a good I, I listen. Use I, I use no. I use the, I, like. I feel like an audiobook is basically reading. Yeah, it's like, it's reading in your mind. Right. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. So, like, I I feel like you know saying something's a good read, whether or not your medium is somebody reading it to you, mm-hmm. like I enjoy. Or sitting there and physically reading the the, the actual pages. Uh, Corey, you got any recommendations? Uh, so when we were watching, I was watching reviewing some of these ones. I came across a trailer for uh, a video game coming out really soon that kind of has me anticipated. Um, the War of Shadows, Lord of the Rings. You know the you know the whole, oh yeah the the yeah. sequel to uh, Shadows of Mordor. Yeah, where yeah, yeah where that's you know the the ranger with the fucking specter or whatever. Mm-hmm. That looked kind of cool, like kind of the rise. On the backside, like a different story on the backside of the rise of this fucking, you know, Sauron. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that's that looks pretty cool. I've never been a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I wasn't too. I didn't get a chance to play Shadow of Mordor, so I didn't really get too much into it. So I I wasn't super interested in that. But I know a lot of people that really are into that. Yeah, for sure. I know uh, Josh. Josh was uh, talking about how much he liked it, mm-hmm. the first one, and he was anticipating the second one. Yeah, well, the, sh- mm-hmm. the Shadows in Mordor was really cool because it took on the whole Lord of the Rings uh, universe, but kind of created its own backstory and a different, like a different character and shit. Yeah, and like that game by itself was actually really good. To me, it was a really good storyline, but it was also like 
fun gameplay. It was kind of like a create. Had, it's got really neat mechanics. Yeah, like they, I will like, say. they had like the whole not army, but uh, like mafia of go- uh, not goblins. Help me out here. Orcs. 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 Yeah. Like a little army mafia of orcs and the rank structure, and like you could fucking take over as one as an informant, or you could just kill him and have some new random fucking guy spawn in. You know, and, like, yeah, that, just take his place. Yeah, that was really cool shit. How they did the mechanics of that game. And, mm-hmm. It kind of has me pumped to play the second one as well, plus it's continuing on the story from the first one, which was also a really cool take for a new character in that universe. So, If you guys are listening to this one and haven't listened to In a World, the weekly podcast that Ethan and I do comes out every Monday where we talk about what it would be like to live in your favorite fictional universes. Uh, the uh, week... Uh, after this episode comes out, the next Monday we're going to be having our episode on Angel come out because we're going to be involved with the live event with our friends that do a uh, show called Babes Watch Buffy here in Chicago. If Yeah, so if you are listening to this the day it comes out, um, tomorrow we'll be at Studio 773 in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in talks. We might end up doing a small bit uh, as like an introduction piece. Mm-hmm. But um, if not, we will just be there. Come say hi. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, going to be a fun show. If you guys, if you guys are looking for another vehicle to listen to my soothing, soothing tones, <laughs> um, we are going to start. Uh, <laughs> we are starting to release my other show um, that I do with our friend Josh Gruber called Swindlers, and it will be um, the opposite Thursday from when this one airs. So if you're listening to this the day it airs, next Thursday we will start our series on uh, a bank robber named Attila Ambers, which is really interesting. Yeah, it's a super interesting story. It'll probably end up being like a four or five part podcast because Josh tends to derail me and ask me a bunch of questions that I then decide to answer for him. Right. So, yeah, I, I want to thank Mike Agee for our awesome cover art. And I want to thank uh, my buddies in Hip Trip for letting us use their music as their as our intro and outro music. Yeah, which is uh, PB&G. PB&G. Off of their album Beams. And you can find that on SoundCloud, uh, which we'll always put the link to in the description. So if you want to check that out and all their other music, the they're a great fucking band. Yeah, it's on SoundCloud. Because I knew it was on iTunes and um, Spotify as well. Oh, okay. Well, it's also on those places. But it's also on SoundCloud, which is the link that I put in last time. I found it. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so until next time, I'm Keith Badger. I'm Ethan Miller. This is Corey Sickles. And we'll see you before the movies. Yeah.